Six Foot Plus, a program of music and more for those who like it spooky. Broadcasting from a remote corner of the front office, found online at sixfootplus.com.
You've tuned in to another episode of Six Foot Plus, the podcast of music and more for those who like it spooky. New episodes every Friday over at sixfootplus.com, on mobile smartphone apps like Stitcher and Dogcatcher, and on iTunes. If you use iTunes or any subscription service that allows you to rate and review, please do. It's a way to support this show. You can also recommend us to all your friends, or perhaps you want to keep us your dirty little secret. That's alright, I don't mind. I'm Strange Jason, your curator. This is a Vincent Price-themed episode, just for the hell of it. The Barbarella Tones opened up with a brand new song, I don't think it's even been released yet. Exclusive. Thank you, Barbarella Tones. It's a jam-packed episode. We've got All This and Gore, learning their 1-2-3s and ABCs of death. We also have an installment of Home Haunting, Jersey Devil Style. And, as always, another episode of the Monster Mat Minute. It just wouldn't be a show without him. So why Vincent Price? It's not his birthday, that's in May. And the Vincent Centennial was a couple of years ago. In fact, this year it was Peter Cushing's turn to celebrate 100 birthdays. So why a Vincent Price episode in August? Well, on October 25th, it'll be 20 years since Vincent Price died. We do have an episode scheduled for that day, the 25th is a Friday, but being that it's the last Friday before Halloween, we might not have time. We'll be too busy with our Halloween extravaganza. I don't even know what it's going to be this year, but it's going to be good. So, well, it just kind of seemed right to have the show now of all times. And, you know, every time is a good time for Vincent Price. Well, as I said, we've got a lot to get through, so let's jump right into it. Here now are the Splatterpunks with The Scream of Price. Yeah. 
of today and you ask them what it is about rock and roll music that they like and they'll the first thing they'll say is the beat the beat the beat babylon the great is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit for the wages of sin is death the battle comes we will be ready yea though we walk through the valley we will fear no evil evil will fear us the stage is set and the audience is screaming. In Hell's Appalooza, the best damn rock show ever. A full-length novel weaving around and through a seven-story anthology. All about a rock festival in southern Missouri that truly raises hell. Available on Amazon.com. Look for Hell's Appalooza on Facebook and Twitter. This is Chris Alexander, editor-in-chief of Fangoria magazine, and you're listening to 6666-foot-foot-foot-foot-plus-plus-plus-plus-plus-plus. Listen, listen often. I do. Nine killed you. Nine shall die and be returned your loss. Nine times nine. Nine killed you. Nine shall die. Nine eternities in doom.
Vincent Price. Before them, The Lurking Corpses with Scream and Scream Again. One of the two movies to feature Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and Vincent Price all together. If you want more Price, Lee, and Cushing-themed music, listen to Episode 5. Yes, all the way back to Episode 5. It's at the special little celebration of Vincent Price's 100th birthday, but because Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing's birthdays are all lumped together, it was a three-for-one type of deal. I also think that was the debut of the custom Kavakan music. Episode 5 was really when this show came into its own. Or episode 6, hoo-hoo-hoo. Vincent Price is an icon of the 50s horror world. I think he hit his stride and balanced macabre and camp with the Edgar Allan Poe series of movies he did with Roger Corman. After that, he was forever the go-to gentleman if you needed someone sinister an authority you could add to your movie if you wanted to inject some creepy credibility. Or a marquee star that worked for cheap, which explains working with William Castle and his movie The Tingler. Here now, the Mysterons, The Tingler.
but scream, scream for your lives. The tingler is loose in this theater, and if you don't scream, it may kill you. Scream, scream, keep screaming, scream for your lives. It's here, it's over here. The tingler has been paralyzed by your screaming. There is no more danger. We will now resume the showing of the movie.
stop. Stop. And it's prices Bible, I call it. Prices. <laughs> Price Bible. Vincent Price didn't get his start in horror. He was an established stage actor before making his way to the silver screen. And even then, it wasn't until 1950's House of Wax, I think, that he did a proper horror movie. Up until then, it was a lot of romantic period, leading man roles, even noir type of movies. Just goes to show that you never really know how you're going to end up in life. One day, you might be in Champagne for Caesar. The next, you're up to the waist in the Monster Map Minute. Good morning, maniacs! <laughs> and furthermore, ha! Yes, that's right, it is I, your fiend, yours truly, Monster Map Patterson, the man of a thousand bad monster jokes hailing all the way from Pennsylvania! <laughs> Try saying that a few times fast. I don't know. Could you? Could you? Could you? I want to know. Um, anyways, maniacs, here we go. Are you ready? Strap in, because this one's going to hurt. Okay. What Edgar Allan Poe film has Vincent Price assembling a tomb he bought from a Swedish retailer? The tomb of Lykea. <laughs> and did you know the follow-up film was The Oblong Box? This, however, did not get made. The instructions to the box itself were written in Swedish. <laughs> oh, Ikea, I'm tussling your hair telling you I love you. You're a fun place to go, and you have the Swedish meatballs, yeah? Uh, everything is so angular. And, uh, assembly required, you know, kind of like my mother-in-law. Hey! <laughs> Hope she isn't listening. I'm in trouble. Okay, maniacs, moving right along, moving right along. Uh, what Vincent Price film has Alfred E. Newman trying to take over the coveted role of Dr. Death? Madhouse! <laughs> what? Me worry? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving along, shall we? Yes, let's shall. Okay, what film has Vincent Price teaming up with the grumpy cat? From a whisker to a scream. <laughs> oh. Wow, aren't I terrible? Yes, I am. And in all different countries, all different corners of the world, I am terrible. It's true. Okay. And uh, finally, Maniacs, finally, 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 what Vincent Price character from Dead Heat is perfect 
for dairy farmers with hearing loss. Arthur P. Loudermilk. <laughs> See what I did there, you dolts? <laughs> uh, hopefully I'm not the only one laughing. Come on, kick in a little. Jeez, help a monster out, would you? All right, maniacs, that's all I have for you this time. Aren't you lucky you got off so easily? Uh, remember... Ouija board wishes and cadaver dreams. Bye-bye. <laughs> you just survived the Monster Matt Minute with Monster Matt Patterson. To find out more about Monster Matt, his adventures, and to read his new horror comedy comic, head over to Ha Ha Horror, found online at hahahorror.com. Closer. Closer. That's right. I'm Vincent Price. 
You'll be just as safe in this house of fear as any of the other five victims murdered by the bat. In all of the annals of mystery, there's never been a more elusive, fearsome, and cunning killer. He'll lure you through hidden passages to make you his next victim. But nobody lives forever, so why be afraid of the bat? Hi, this is Tyler Chase of The Walking Dead, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus. Embrace the jackal's teeth. Where you come? 
Connor Gandy's The Vampire Bat is a track from the forthcoming compilation on Graveyard Calling, a charity album of spooky electronica supporting the ailing bat populations in the world. Go on out and buy a copy and support. After that, we heard Dr. Fives from Mad Tea Party and Del Mona's with Dr. Goldfoot and his bikini machine. Vincent Price really went campy for both the Fives and Dr. Goldfoot movies, though I think the first Fives movie was beautifully shot. It really was one of his better ones in his latter stage of the creepy career. And though the Goldfoot movies are kind of, well, he's playing a character called Dr. Goldfoot. What do you expect? They are what they are, but if you want to be a completionist, do check them out, though I wouldn't really rank them essential. They're fun, but... uh, B minus C plus at best. I don't know what the ABCs of death are, though, so we better check in with Tammy and JR of All This and Gore and see what they think. You're listening to Diane Franklin for Twisted Central, All This and Gore. You're doomed if you stay here. Welcome, everybody, to the newest installment of All This and Gore. I'm Tammy. JR. And you can find all of our places where we are at uh, mine is, what is it, about.me slash, god damn it, about.me slash Twisted Central. And JR's is about.me slash j.r.watkins. Is that right? I think that's correct. I hope it's correct. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Whatever. <laughs> I'll have no stalkers this week. Aw, poor you. I know. You and this whole stalker thing is, you like, you want stalkers. <laughs> I mean, don't you feel honored that somebody's so interested that they're going to stalk you? No. As long as they're not, you know, violent. <laughs> but, you know. Not really. No. <laughs> Oh, my God, I'm so tired. 
Some cheese with that, Warren? Fuck off. <laughs> at least you got a little spunk. I always have spunk. No, just looking at these directors' names. ABC's a dad. I can't fucking pronounce, but maybe two of them. I don't even care who they are. One of them was Ty West. Yeah, he's an idiot. So, I guess since we have a crazy amount of stuff to go through, we are just going to skip all the all the little chitty chat stuff and get right to it. No. No. What? 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 I was just making a stupid noise. I'm going to I'm going to smack you. Why? What did those, I do now? Those smacks are piling up now, I'm telling you. Fuck. <laughs> So, the ABCs of death, go. It's your pick, so you go. <laughs> okay, ABCs of death, made in 2012, basically 26-part anthology. You have a letter of the alphabet, which represents the letter of how this person's going to die, which, like, F stands for fart. Somebody dies when they fart. You've got 26 different directors, mostly foreign, a lot of, um, a lot of subtitles. In the film, a little bit more than I expected. I'm just going to go right into my opinion because, I mean, really, there's nothing really more to say for a synopsis as far as there's 26 parts and each letter of the alphabet, there's a different death. Um, do, are, are we going to, do you want to do each one or what? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, we can. We'll have to do it fast. We don't have to do each one. Well, I only went to pee. I mean, it, it really doesn't deserve going through each fucking one. Tell you the truth? No. I mean, I don't have too much higher opinion on it than you do. I can tell you what they all stand for. Stupid. That's what they stand for. Every single one of them. I mean, a few of them I thought were good. Here, I'm pull up. I liked, I actually, I really liked the first one because it didn't have a lot of dialogue. It was just pretty much a little fight and then death. What I didn't understand was some of these letters, I didn't, I didn't understand it. Like, I'll go, we're, gonna, we're just going to do a few spoilers, because there's 26 parts, who gives a shit. A was for Apocalypse. What did that death have anything to do with the Apocalypse? That you could tell. Well, because they, they died by Apocalypse. Is that too much of a spoiler? Well, no, because they really didn't. The guy died because the woman killed him. Well, yeah, but then she died from the Apocalypse. I don't know. It's just some of them I just didn't understand. Like, in the sea for Cycle, I didn't get that one at all. I just thought that one was kind of dumb. I don't even remember it. I just know it was stupid. There, there were, like I said, there were a few that I liked. The one uh, that you told me to avoid watching that one was pissed the, me off. But did you? You didn't. You stopped it. Did you not watch it? I, I can't watch a dog being hit. Okay, but I, I just can't watch it's it. it's the the ending of it is what is the payoff for that. And I actually I did go and look that up, and the way that they they hired the dog trainer. To come in and train the dog <clears throat> to do all those stunts. Uh-huh. And and a stunt guy, a fighter, to do all those stunts. And the basically the trainer told him he can't train that dog to do what he wants him to do mm-hmm. in that short amount of time that he's needing. So they actually brought the trainer in. The dog's trainer was the fighter. And uh, the dog wasn't hurt. Well, I understand. I knew the dog so, probably wasn't hurt. Yeah. But just the fact that you could see a dog being punched, it just, it bothered me a lot. You probably should have, you you probably should have kept watching it, because you would have liked the end of that one. Yeah, I was too pissed off, though. It just made me mad, and I was watching with Paula, and she was pretty much ready to throw up. 
That was the only one that I liked. Make me happy. Um, I mean, I can say, honestly, my final, like, I did not like ABCs of Death. I thought, I thought it was a good idea. Um, it sounds good. I mean, it's, it's anthology. I love anthology. But the way they did it, it just, I don't know, it was just pretty dumb. I didn't even, after I got through the ones that I got through, I don't even, did they, how did they do that? Did, did people just go and make a movie and then submit it? Or did they pass them out for, um, I, you know what I like, assign different that. letters? Because yeah, I was so they, fucking pissed off by the time I quit watching it that I didn't give a shit about any part of that movie. From what I gather, the, they already have, I think they already have the directors picked out, and they assigned them a letter, and they basically had a go do something with that. They could have yeah, shoved it just, up their ass, filmed, and it would have been more entertaining. I hate that movie. Stupid. There's already part two coming out. It's Why? I don't know. I don't understand how there can they be... They announced part two. I don't even think this one was released yet before they announced part two. I don't understand how there can be anybody on this planet that enjoys that that movie. There was, a, there was like a lot of hype over it that it was really, really good and a lot of people liked it. It was shown, it was shown at a film festival put on by uh, Heather Rickson, who writes for Dread Central. She put it on a film festival like right before it was coming out on DVD, and she showed it. And uh, it's supposed to be a really big thing, so that's why I was kind of like, "Wow, I kind of want to see this." And pretty big letdown, I think. It's stupid. It's not a letdown. It's like every single copy of that movie should be gathered up and burned. I traded mine into the uh, used DVD store already. <laughs> what? I traded mine into the used DVD store. You bought it? Yeah, I had bought it. <clears throat> I, I would, bought it before I picked it. I wouldn't pay a dime for that shit. Yeah. Not a dime. Yeah, some movies you take a chance on it, it doesn't pan out. I wish I would have just rented it. Well, it's on Netflix for free. Yeah, now. I know. I see that. I saw it was on Netflix. Because I think, I think it came, it got, it came on Netflix probably like two days after we podcasted and you said you wanted to watch it. Yeah, I mean... I have an addiction to buying movies, so, you know, I'm going to buy it anyway, but I guess that's the downside. Sometimes the movies you buy suck. Well, that's, I, I don't even know what else to say about this movie. A is stupid, B is stupid, C is stupid, D yeah. is okay. I'm not quite as angry as you are. Well, I don't want to watch a movie about people getting killed by farts. That's stupid. That was, that was horrible. That I don't even want to talk about that one. That was just weird, what that was. And then they the the P one was supposed to be for pressure, and that one I was so mad. I I'm lucky my computer is still in one piece. Let's just put it that way. I was so mad. Yeah, um, not great. I mean, and as far as the directors go, the the directors. I went through these names. I didn't even know. One of them, I only knew one director throughout the whole 26 parts, and that was Ty West. And his was stupid, just like all his other movies. I'm not... Angela Bettis did one. Yeah, she did one. Um, that one was stupid, too. Well, you think all of them were stupid, so <laughs> I assume they would be. Uh, Angela Bettis did E for Exterminate. 
Yeah, see that one. I as soon as I it started, there's a giant spider, and I turned it up, skipped. I don't want to. I stopped at spider. I don't do spiders. That no better. She did the new Carrie, didn't she? Oh no, she was in the re, the first remake of Carrie. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and she was in that remake of the Toolbox Murders. Right. <clears throat> um, and I'm not the least bit interested in any kind of movie, whether it's a minute long or an hour long, about a woman who gets killed by a turd. That's the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, the way that kind of went down. Are you talking about the far one? No, I'm talking about the cartoon where she gets killed by her own turd. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't even remember which one it was. Wasn't that one toilet? No, because I didn't, I only went to pee. I don't know which one that was, but I do remember that one. I didn't write them down because I just, I wrote the letter and the title, and then I put that it was stupid. <laughs> so you got a big piece of paper that says stupid, 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 stupid? Yes, exactly. Um, I wish I had something better to say about this, because I was excited to watch it, and I was really, really let down. I was so disinterested halfway through, I just I know. sat there and basically tried to glue myself to the seat just to watch it, because I just wanted to turn it off. Well, it's like, it might as well be some kind of stupid, it's like some of them were almost verging or teetering on the edge of pornographic. Yeah. Which, I mean, porn is fine, but that's just not what I had was expecting, actually. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with porn. We just want to There's nothing wrong with porn, but... Central sports porn. I was curious to see how somebody dies by orgasm, but... It was just stupid. Right, yeah. There's right. fucking bubbles everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck is with the bubbles? Yeah, there's not really anything that I can say about it, except that after two hours, it was in. Yeah, and I think on, on K, K was apparently Klutz. I don't uh-huh. remember. What was that one about? I don't even remember. I don't remember either. By that time, I was like, A is for stupid, B is for stupid. When I got down to K, K is for I'm going to kill JR. Jeez. <laughs> so much anger and hostility when you don't like a movie. Thanks. There's, you know what? There's. I didn't want to hurt you when I didn't like the cottage. The cottage is not the ABCs of death. Correct, but I still didn't like it. Yes, but there's a difference between not liking something and completely and totally fucking hating something. <laughs> and that's this movie. I hated it. Maybe you do need a beer when we do these. Why? <laughs> Because you're so angry. Because I was, I'm even mellowed out now from when I watched it. I, you should have seen me after I watched it. That was, I was pissed then. Understandably so, I guess. What, you don't like my review? I do like your review. <laughs> it's got spunk. That's the second time tonight you told me I got spunk. It's my new word for the day. What is this, the 50s? You got spunk. Fuck <laughs> off. Now who's got spunk? Me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what else to say about it except for it was stupid. Um, I guess we should probably do a rating. Zero. You have to give it at least one star or a half. Why do I have to at least? Okay, you give it zero. Why not? I just don't think you're allowed to do that. I'm at least going to give it two stars. What? Only well, because there was a couple of them I didn't mind, so I'll give it two stars just for the effort. I'll give it a quarter of a star. Maybe it's two out of ten. Yeah, I'm giving it a quarter of one. 
out of 10. And for the record, IMDb is rated 4.9, so evidently not too many people like it. And see, I don't understand why it gets so much fucking... This is why I don't watch movies that get all this hype and people talk about how great they are. Right. These rave reviews and shit. I usually don't even watch those. I skip right past them because normally, nine times out of ten, this is how they turn out. I, I you know, I know it's going to, I'm not enjoying the movie when I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, is this damn movie over yet? <laughs> and they're only like two minutes long. <laughs> well, yeah, they're, they're only like two minutes long, but the whole movie itself oh. is over two well, hours. Well, of course, because it has, yeah, they have to cover every letter of the alphabet. I knew this movie was going to suck when you picked it. How'd you know it was gonna suck? I told you it was gonna suck. I said it just sounds horrible. You're not always right. This time I am. Getting slapped in, I know. <laughs> I mailed you a package today. Oh, did you? What'd you get? What was it? All that stuff I said I was gonna send you three months ago. <laughs> I wonder where that stuff was. <laughs> oh, thank you. I suck at running errands. I hate running errands. Right. But um, anyway, so that's that for that movie. This podcast is going to suck. Why? I don't know. Because the movie was stupid. I mean, the podcast is going to suck. I want to, um, I know what movie I want to do next. Okay, what do you want to Since it's next? my pick. Um, I want to do A Little Bit Zombie. A Little Bit Zombie. Yeah, it's on okay. Netflix. Yeah, I think I saw it advertised on Netflix. Yeah. Alright, sounds good. I think that would make, that one makes for a good discussion. Cool. Works for me. There are any movies coming out that you want to see? No. Jeez. <laughs> well, there's not. What about The Conjuring? No, it's another one. They're getting all of, all that hype and. Have you seen the previews though? It looks pretty damn good. And um, the girl, the lady from uh, Bates Motel, is in it. Yeah, I saw that. And I really like her. She's a great actress. So I have to think it's going to be halfway decent at least. I know it's getting a lot of hype, but <clears> because it looks really good. The only thing that throws me off is. It says something about, like, it's based on a true story or whatever. And I think it has a lot of that handheld look to it. Oh, I can't deal with that. I, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I don't watch much TV. So and when I so the times that I've seen it, it's just been very briefly passing through the living room or something, you know? I saw, uh, I saw a preview. I didn't really see a lot of that because I saw a preview when I saw The Purge. And um, I just thought, wow, it looks freaking awesome. Oh, well, maybe I'm wrong then. I don't Probably know. are. Shut up. Make me hurt you. <laughs> those those head slaps are, you're racking them up there. Right. Just make sure I have plenty of beer in me. <laughs> I'm going to do it while you're sober so it hurts more. What about the Curse of Chucky? Um, I don't know. What are you thinking about that? The trailer de- looks pretty good, but, you know, I, I don't know because I feel like it's just going to be the same thing that, you, we, that has already been done, you know? Well, yeah, yes and no. I think it... Because they said they were going to take it back to being dark, kind mm-hmm. of like the first one pretty much was. Mm-hmm. But from the from the preview looks, it looks darker than, way darker than the first one. Because the first one had a tiny bit of humor in it at least, but this doesn't look like it's going to have any. Which is fine with me. Yeah. I mean, in two, I love two and three, and this is a direct sequel of three, so... I think it could be good. I don't know. I'm not a big theater person just because I don't like people. Right. And <clears throat> when I have to sit in a space that's too close with too many of them, I get annoyed easily. Easy. <coughs> Excuse me. I get annoyed easily. You go to conventions all the time. Well, that's different. 
Nobody messes with me. Everybody's too busy doing other shit, so they don't. We should probably mention that we will both be at Horror Hound in September. Yes, we will. September 6th through the 8th. Yep. Be there partying, meeting Robert England, <laughs> Catherine Isabel. Shit, I'm probably getting her line like three times. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just take my little backpack and fill it up with beer and walk around with my coffee cup full of beer. I'll bring cigarettes this time. <laughs> no, wait. I hope Paula didn't hear me say that. Beat my ass. Well, no, I haven't heard a head smack yet, so you're good. Yeah, I guess so. You can bring... probably too comfortable to get up and do it. She'll just do it when I go up there. Oh. You can you can bring beer for me. Okay. Since... Because I'm flying. So it's not like I can take a 30-pack of beer on the damn airplane. It's true. Because then by the time I get... <laughs> the Is way you did last time you brought beer with you? To Frightmare? No, yeah. No, I mean to last time? No. Oh. No, because how would I get it there? Yeah, that's true. I guess it would save a lot of money, wouldn't it? Yes, it saves lots of money considering they charge like 5 or $6 a pop. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll have to do that. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, that's our opinions on the ABCs of death. Watch it at your own risk. Yeah. Or your... Prepare to sit there for two hours. Yeah, or your television's risk or computer whatever you're watching it on because i wanted to smash mine um and next time we will be reviewing a little bit zombie from 2012 (laughs) (laughs) so i guess um we'll see you guys next time stay twisted everyone bye bye all right igor you take the mummy's head and twist right I'll take the mummy's feet and twist left, and we'll produce some mummy juice. All right, now let's twist again, like we did last summer. Let's twist again, like we did last year. Oh, dear. Do you remember when we first squeezed the mummy? Let's twist again. Mummy time is here.
This is Britt Griffith from Sci-Fi's Ghost Hunters, and you're listening to Six Foot Plus. Let me ask you, friend, what's the difference between you and a corpse? Style. And let me tell you, the dead have a leg up on you because they've been using the power of voodoo. That's right. They've been going to VoodooSugar.com. Over there, they've got pins, bags, teas, stuff for the kids, stuff for the crypt. Why? They're the coolest stiffs around. Are you going to let that cadaver make a kook out of you? Well, fear not. Voodoo Sugar is for the living, too. VoodooSugar.com. Cool swag for the living and living dead. Vincent Price Against the Dead, and before them, 13 Ghosts by Horror Story, picked for the specific reason of... The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. As you imagine, Vincent Price had a distinct voice, which earned him a lot of cartoon voice acting work, as well as some commercial work in the 70s and 80s. One of his more known roles is that of Radigan in The Great Mouse Detective. Also, the aforementioned 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. He was also Zigzag, the Grand Vizier, in the incomplete The Thief and the Cobbler. But head on over to YouTube, you'll find a cobbled version of it, and 
I highly recommend it. The animation and the little voice acting of Vincent, it makes it worth your while. But don't do that now, because I hope you weren't settling. It's time to get back up again and head on out to New Jersey for home haunting Jersey Devil style. Ghost here. Welcome to another episode of Home Haunting Jersey Devil Style. In this episode, I'll discuss one of the prop standards or haunt decorations, the tombstone. Then review the strange phenomenon of musicals for horror movies. That store will then provide a review of Brendan Peterson's eerie excellence, How to Haunt, and other fabulous frights. First, I'll let our listeners know now's the time to start checking the stores for Halloween decorations. I get places like Big Lots, AC Moore, Michaels, the Dollar Stores, and Hobby Lobby. They will all be getting in their fall Halloween stock. CVS and Walgreens will soon to follow. The big chains like Walmart and seasonal stores like Spirit of Halloween will not have their stuff out until, until after school starts, mostly in like September. If you go to Spirit, be careful because the markup there on items is a lot. Your best deals will be found at the smaller stores I mentioned. For example, Spirit will be selling 5-foot lifelike skeletons for $70 or more. Walgreens will have a similar version for just $30 to $35. The only real difference is the plastic joints on the Walgreens ones, while Spirit has some metal bolts and screws. A quick trip to Lowe's or Home Depot for a couple bucks will get you the bolts and screws you need to fix a few Walgreens skeletons in one shot. So, in deal, Walgreens is still a better bargain. Only well, my catalogs like Arnold Trading Post and Grandolin Road have good deals too. Arnold Trading is great one-stop shopping for all your Halloween party needs. Most of the stuff is priced cheaper than Grandolin Road, but this year's Grandolin Road has a wicked skeleton dog for only $30. Um, the other thing to consider is AC Moore and Michaels always have those 50% and 40% coupons always going on every week for various things. Some stuff is still marked down already at that price because it's early in the Halloween season. But as you get closer into the middle of September and in October, the discounts will really count. And also, after postseason buying is pretty good too. Um, it's a great place to start stocking up from cheap uh, skulls from skulls and pumpkins and your funkins, which are the fake pumpkins and stuff like that. Because in later episodes, we'll have links on how to. Um, pimp them out or spook them out as I say or things like that. I will post links to the Halloween sections for the stores and catalogs I mentioned in our blog spot. Happy shopping. Haunted. 
Hi, this is Grim Ghost here with uh, Death's Door. We're going to look at the two Halloween books by Britta Peterson. And go ahead, Death's Door. Well, these two books from Britta, one was published in 2008, which was called Eerie Elegance. And then she put out another one, 2011, called Enhanced Eerie Elegance. And the first book, let's go over, uh, was the original one was How to Host a Haunt which Britta, if anybody knows, she is the the hostess with the mostess as far as when it comes to Halloween, as far as throwing a party, uh, decorating for a party. She's really good at that, and that's what she wanted to show in each of the books that she has out. Interesting. Yeah, the first book was, uh, the first chapter is How to Host a Haunt, which starts with some of your basic hosting advice for pulling off the great Halloween party, which... I like her books because you can have a Halloween party, whether in a house, an apartment, you can help out a friend, give them some advice on how to host a Halloween party, you know, kind of things that when people walk away from a Halloween party, they say, wow, that was a really neat thing that they had, instead of just having the basic cutouts and the basic regular food. And that's what she really touches on as far as in the first chapter, she will go over how to make stained glass just out of tissue paper and out of fabric. She will give uh, you some advice on how to decorate your walls to give it, whether you can use the gossamer fabric or whether you want to use those uh, new, I guess the plastic or the fabric uh, wall hangings that you have where you can actually cover up a whole wall or a whole room and even using the animated props that you might have just having them around where they're not going to get in the way she gives you some good suggestions about that as to how to use them using spider web tattered curtains so she's really good uh, with giving people some suggestions and she does this not only for uh, a person that just may be throwing their first Halloween party, but also the advanced person that just wants to add a little bit more uh, to their, you know, haunted Halloween party. Interesting. Her next chapter is touching base on the mad scientists and wizard potions that you could make if you're having that, if you have a room that you want to um, set up as having a mad scientist lab, which sometimes would be good even in the kitchen because when you're mixing up drinks and things like that, that's kind of something to have around either on your shelves or in your pantry. And, and it goes which, together good in the kitchen too, right? Oh, it would because you figure you could also use it for a witch's layer too. But also when she focuses on the mad scientist chapter, she is actually telling you how to create bubbling and smoking potions and also the glowing effects that you can get from just adding just certain chemicals into a flask or into a glass of, you know, of what you would have around the kitchen. And techniques on um, how to handle dry ice, the safety precautions that you need to do with that because that is somewhat, it's an interesting thing to use, but it's also very dangerous if you don't use it properly. Right. She also has ideas and suggestions on having some of these, these um, what do you call it, mad scientist accessories that you can actually find in your house 
or if you go to the Goodwill or to a tag sale, things to look for that you could actually use to set this up. The next chapter that she has is the haunted headstones, which she makes them either from uh, cardboard cutouts to just from a cardboard box. And she does get a little more elaborate with the foam tombstones. Uh, she gives you ideas on techniques on how to paint and age your tombstones and also how to display them in your haunt uh, with regards to your, the lighting that you need to, uh, for getting that certain effect, especially at night when you either have a walk walkabout or you have just a few displayed right in front of your house uh, in a garden. So she goes through that with you too, gives you some suggestions on how to do that and also cutting them out and the safety precautions that you need to use while you're cutting some of these out. She also ta um, goes on to tell you of some of the store-bought where you can use them, you can enhance them and to make them your own. So really it's, it's interesting that you can take a few avenues depending on the time that you have to do a tombstone, whether you can buy a few, or if you have a few at, at your house right now, what you can do to them to make them a little bit better and either practice on them or make a split right. and take it from there as to how many you need and what you want to do with them and how to place them. For the next chapter, she has Ghoulish Games and Petrifying Pursuits, which she will go over with some suggestions on games, Halloween games that you can play with, uh, with some participants that you have or your guests that you have over. She goes over what Halloween music that you can create your own, even though there's a variety out there, um, CDs that you can either download or purse on your own. Um, and of course the cuisine, which she is well known for as far as displaying that, putting that out. She also hits uh, quizzes that she has awards for that if you know if you don't want to really get too elaborate, say you have just a little limited space where you can do quizzes and puzzles that are not going to take up a whole lot of time. Uh, in your area where you know whoever wants to, uh, brain teasers as far as that where you can just sit there and give a person a piece of paper and just have like a counting a, a candy corn counting things like that where you have some participation where it, it's not really over the top but it gets everybody to participate in but also to win a prize and I think that's really interesting to get everybody involved where they they are just not sitting there just chilling they're actually enjoying themselves and also winning a prize the next chapter she goes into documenting uh, your decor which I'm assuming what she means by that and from reading the book is that when you're taking pictures you're you know you're lighting and all that um, you know or doing a tripod if you don't want to be taking pictures by the hand say with your being the hostess or the host sometimes it's hard for you to just get up and take a picture where she'll give you some suggestions on setting up a camera so you have some documentation that you can all show and share with your guests uh, say via email or if you have a Facebook page or something like that say hey this was at our party and that way they have a they also have a memory of it and wow that was a really neat and they can just use it um, either as a desktop theme or a screensaver or just keeping it for their own 
uh, personal use. The next thing that she goes on, which she is well known for, is her, it's called Delicious Displays, which she started out with recipes, um, displaying everything from bloody parts to eerie eyeballs, uh, how to make witches' fingers, uh, savory spiders with gooey guts, tombstone sugar cookies, to pumpkin pastries, hitting on tapping on the appetizers, and also showing how to incorporate alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages into your party because, let's face it, uh, you know, you have to have a designated driver anytime anymore. So you also want to have them to have fun and also give them, this will, with the alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages, it gives your guests options on what to drink if they want to switch over you know if they're staying early or if they're you know if they're coming early or if they're going to another party say you know it's around that time of the the month and Halloween where they're tapping a few parties uh, you want to be able to give them a, a few choices that they could have as far as making them still feel a part uh, of the of uh, the party itself the final chapter that she has in the first book is the Eerie Elegance Extras, which she goes over the sample party to-do list. This is a good idea for anybody either that's starting out that maybe might be hosting the first time. Uh, it gives you a week before the party list, two days before the party, one day before the party, the day of the party because there's always things that you need for the day of the party that are last minute that you really have to do uh, regardless of, of what you've done before it kind of breaks it down for you where it'll give you more of a time frame to use your time with either getting home from work scheduling a few things in the evening that will make the day of your party go a lot smoother and where you're not feeling so wiped out even though you're pretty excited about the day you're anticipating what's going on with your party and you know there might be some things that uh, might happen that you didn't really include that now all of a sudden you have the time to go over and it's always good to have help if you if somebody volunteers and you know that they're good uh, with you know helping you out then sometimes that's a good thing to use some volunteers with this uh, whether than just taking some of this stuff on your own that way it gives you more time to uh, you know maybe add something or just keep up with what the basics that you are doing for that day hi I want to now discuss the standard of all Halloween haunt props the tombstone there's nothing like a few tombstones on the front lawn of your house or alongside the steps of your brownstone to add a spooky feel to your home for Halloween. Fake tombstones can be made from such simple materials as cardboard or plywood up to more elaborate materials such as the pink or green home insulation foam found at hardware stores. Or you can buy them from most stores during the Halloween season. Basically your homemade tombstones all start the same way. One, you pick a pattern from the tombstone. They can be found all over the web. Next, draw the pattern on the material you're using and cut it out. Come up with a saying or epitaph as they call it, then paint or engrave it on the tombstone. Attach some way to hold the tombstone down to the ground, i.e. you can glue some wooden stakes on the back uh, or use wooden dowels and push it into the bottom of the foam versions gently to hold them in place. Note, 
Indoor tombstones can just have a, a base attached to them to make them stand up, like a flat piece of wood or another piece of foam or whatever. Paint and seal from the weather your tombstone. Go over the epitaph with darker paint to make it stand out. Uh, lastly, put your tombstone on the ground with either the stakes you have on the back, just push slowly into the soft ground with it, or hammer to the dowels you have from the foam one into the ground, then line up the holes on the bottom of the tombstone you have and push it on there slowly so it'll stick. Now you're done. Store-bought tombstones usually come with a method of attaching to the ground included, though <clears throat> excuse me, most times you need to improvise to make them work. They have an advantage of being pre-made, but the advantage, disadvantage of not being very customizable. Store-bought tombstones can also be used as patterns or templates for homemade tombstones. They can be pimped out some with a new paint job also. Since there are literally over 1,000 tutorials on making homemade tombstones on the web, it would be pointless for me to create another one. Instead, I will provide numerous links to tombstone tutorials on the web on our blog page. They will range from the easy beginner ones to the elaborate masterpieces created by the master home owner, Tara. She can take up to two months to create a tombstone, but once it's done, it is a work of art and cannot be told apart from a real tombstone. Each tutorial will provide the material slash tools list, numerous pictures and documentation to easily complete the project. I would recommend starting with an easier one first, then work your way up to make an elaborate one. Have fun and happy tombstone building. Lastly, I want to talk about the strange phenomenon of musicals for horror movies. I first became aware of it with the 2003 Evil Dead the Musical. This awful Broadway show became a cult hit for its humor and splatter zone seating. It combines elements from Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. I was able to see a production of it in Delaware a few years ago and I laughed my head off. Its cult following has grown to even rival that of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The soundtrack is still available from Amazon and is not to be missed. The website shows new productions for this year still going on through the middle of October. I'll post the website and some YouTube links so you can check it out. Next, not to be outdone, came Reanimator the Musical. This production started in 2011 and it too is now a cold hit. Currently it's playing up in the New York City area. Following the pattern of the Evil Dead musical, it takes H.P. Lovecraft's horror tale and turns it into a comedy musical number. Apparently they even have a better spider zone too. Again, YouTube and website links will be on the blog page. At this point they don't offer a soundtrack, but rumors that they're working on it. Last one I found is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw Musical, excuse me. It seems to be the same style as the last comedy horror musical ones that they were. It came out in 2012. It's just a story about a boy in his chainsaw, I guess. Again, website and YouTube links will be on the blog page. So if you're looking for something offbeat and different, but horror related, these little slices of Broadway may be right up your alley. Later. <laughs> That's all for this episode. Remember, we can be found at hajds.blogspot.com and on Facebook. Just search Facebook for Home Haunting Jersey Devil Style or click the link on our blog page. Don't forget to like us. Thanks again to Mr. Steve Harrison for letting us use a sample of his Jersey Devil song. Links to his song and his website can be found on our blog page. This is Grim Ghost and Dark Service to the Nightmare that is Halloween, signing off.
of Nigeria by Monster Agogo from the Vincent Price themed 7-inch they released. If you want to keep track of what's going on with 6 Foot Plus, follow us on Twitter at 6 Foot Plus and on Facebook, facebook.com slash 6 Foot Plus, the number 6, F-T-P-L-U-S. Don't forget at GDL16 and facebook.com slash Local for all things Gravediggers Local 16. We've been focusing more on Vincent's campsite so far in the later end of his work. How about some music about his more classic, iconic movies? Here now, The Coffin Nails, heading up to the House on Haunted Hill. Oh, 
running in packs who learn the naked facts of life too young, just in clothes from cats like us. Don't tell me you've never rode a hot rod or had a late date in the second balcony. These girls shop online all hours of the night at catslikeus.com, and they get what they want. T-shirts, tight dresses, handbags, and more, these girls are dressed to kill. Too young to be careful, too tough to be afraid. I get my kicks at Cats Like Us, city of Tonawanda. Cats like us stuck. 
The Sharks with House of Wax and Madsen 1000 Eyes, the name of an episode of science fiction theater that starred Vincent Price back in 56. Much like the life of Vincent Price, we must come to an end, at least for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. And though he's 20 years gone, come October, Vincent Price remains alive in his films, in his charitable work, in his dedication to the arts, and above all, in the minds of horror fans across the world. We'll be back next week with another episode of Six Foot Plus over at sixfootplus.com. It's number six, F-T-P-O-U-S dot com. Until then, we'll head on out with the Midnightmares. This is a good song, except for one word in the chorus. I'll let you figure out which one it is, listener. I think I'm going to go now and, well, I'm going to watch The Mask of the Red Death. That's one of my favorites. Talk at you later, listener. Ross was a dick. Episode 71, Priceless, 20 Years. This has been Six Foot Plus, a GDL 16 production. To support, subscribe, rate, review, and recommend Six Foot Plus. The theme song, Carpe Noctum, performed by the Madeira. Shivala Yvonne, Urban Graveyard Lounge Music, performed by Kaba Khan. Mahalo. Monster Matt Patterson of the Monster Matt Minute can be found online at hahahorror.com. For more home-haunting Jersey Devil style, go to hhjds.blogspot.com. All this and gore produced by Twisted Central of twistedcentral.com. To find out about all the music you heard on this episode, as well as all past episodes and all those important links, go to sixfootplus.com. That's the number six, F-T-P-L-U-S dot com. <laughs>